0: Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. So good morning again, and you can open your Bibles, uh, if you would like, to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 12. Uh, Anthony, thank you for reading the scripture, opening our service in prayer uh again um i would like to thank everyone who came tuesday night and thursday night to work last week uh, we had a sign up sheet if you come this week on tuesday or thursday at four thirty, we work for about two and a half three hours maybe grab a bite to eat at the end um, so you can let me know after the service if you're coming this week tuesday or thursday for our work evenings we are getting ready to call for final inspections starting on maybe uh, starting with the first floor of the church so we're doing lots of little things and lots of cleaning and lots of details love to have you Um, again romans chapter 5 verses 12 through 17. hey there's something i love to do as a parent Um, i love to give my kids gifts and there were a couple of times of year I know that looks more like a Christmas gift, right? Say, Pastor, you're a couple weeks late, Christmas is over. I have a belated Christmas gift for you today, each and every one of you. I thought I might show off and hand out a couple hundred dollar bills today. And, um, but then I thought maybe that wouldn't be like, I'd have to get them back. And that's not really a gift, right? So, so my kids, when they were little, one Christmas, um, they had these electric cars, right? And they had batteries in the back and you could charge them up, and then the kids could go out and drive this car. They were like, I don't know, six or seven years old. And I, we got them a Jeep, and they could get this car out front, and the two of them were in it together. They were actually getting along. They were in the car together, and they were driving it up back and forth in the street, running into stuff, and going around in circles, and just laughing hysterically. They loved this car, and I love to give my kids gifts. So when they got a little older, one of my favorite things that my dad ever bought me and my brother was a go kart, a used go kart from my uncle. Oh my gosh, we rode this thing, we tore up the tires, we ran it into stuff. It was indestructible. It was like my favorite gift as a young teenager. So, you know what I did, right? When my kids got to be about 11 or 12 years old, We bought them a go-kart for Christmas. I had this go-kart in the living room. It had to be next to the Christmas tree, right? And it did. And I was really upset, disappointed, because it snowed. And I said, no, we're riding this go-kart today. So I don't know if it was the same day. I think it was the same. But my kids got and the look on their faces when they came down the hallway out of their bedroom. And they saw this go-kart motor and everything, man, right in the living room and we took it right out and we rode that go-kart in the snow I love to give my kids gifts um, it was fun there were others but I won't I won't do that to you today lots of other fun gifts but today I'm going to share a gift with you it may be a gift that some of you have already received but I'm gonna give you the gift anyway because you know what we can do with it if you have already received this gift you get to go this week and share it with someone else amen you get to take the gift that i'm going to give you today and share it with someone else but this gift uh there's a story that goes with this gift that jesus gives us that god the god who loves you and desires to be reunited with you. This gift, and uh, there was a story. There, s- some things happened, and Anthony read them in in the first part here. And the first thing I want to talk about is the principle, um, and the principle and practice. Does that say penalty up there? Yeah. Oh my goodness, what's wrong with me? The principle and practice of sin. We see this in verses twelve through fourteen. Just as one man, sin, entered the world and death came through sin. And you know who that man is, right? That man is Adam. Adam and Eve are in a garden in Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to talk about the impact of one here in just a moment. The impact of one man here in verses 12 through 14 and what happened there. But the Bible is very plain. I love to preach Romans 5, 1 through 11, and I've probably preached it 20 times since I've been a pastor, maybe more, to my students in youth group at special rallies, you know, uh, where we wanna see people come to know Christ. But we don't often preach verses 12 through the end of the chapter here um, because sin is not a popular topic. Adam and Eve sinned in Genesis chapter 1, and we hear what happened. It says, sin entered into the world, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. Paul's explaining this to the Roman Christians. And he says, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. So here a the impact of one you look back at genesis chapter one adam and eve's sin the principle of sin and i love the way uh the writer of an article i read said this often we're challenged to talk about original sin so adam's sin and you say well why then do i have to bear the penalty for what some other guy did a long time ago he When they disobey God, they have one rule in the garden, right? Just one, just one. Uh, I don't even like, it was an agreement. It was part of their covenant relationship with God that Adam and Eve had. Said you, this whole thing is yours, guys. You have the garden of Eden. You have everything that's in it. Uh, You have total and complete freedom except for this one thing. And don't you know what they did? They did just like I would do. The one thing they weren't supposed to go for, the one thing they weren't supposed to have, became the very thing that they wanted. And Satan came and tempted them, Eve was deceived, Adam sinned, and death entered our world. So, the Bible says, we inherit this principle of sin, that when you were born and I was born, this was part of us. Now, the practice of sin, right? The practice of sin is what you and I do when we actively or passively sin against the Lord. But remember, Adam and Eve didn't have the Ten Commandments, right? Moses hadn't been there yet. And we're gonna talk about that in a minute. But I also thought this week that one person really can have a huge impact on the world. Now, you and I can have a a huge impact in our community. What if you and I lived our lives, and I'm saying I know that many of you do, lived our lives in such a way that people saw Jesus in us on Greenmount Avenue, and then when they see Jesus in our behavior, then when we tell them about Jesus, they want to hear more. Now, if I'm out there acting a fool all week on Greenmount Avenue, and then I wanna talk about Jesus, yeah, the impact is not there, right? So, so even though we deal with this principle and, <laughs> and practice of sin, and penalty is a good word. See, that's some alliteration for a whole nother sermon. <laughs> but we deal with this principle and practice of sin, the good news is coming, we're just not there yet. So we went back to Genesis chapter one, and we talked about the sin of Adam and Eve. But, so what did God do? What was God doing in the meantime between Adam and Eve and Moses? Well, when we talk about this great gift, I think there are a couple other things that we don't normally talk about. So there was this guy in Genesis chapter 6, right? And his name was Noah. And the Bible says here that... Um, in verse five, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Man, that's a sad and difficult, imagine God saying that, it gets worse. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. Now how, I won't do that today. And he was grieved in his heart. God was grieved over over the state of the people that he created whom he loved. The Ten Commandments weren't there yet. Jesus hadn't come yet, but somehow people knew the difference between good and evil, and people knew, right, even as we talk about in Romans chapter 1, that even though we don't know, prior to knowing Jesus Christ, that there's something planted inside of every man and woman that, that is the truth that a God exists, and what happens is we suppress that truth because we want to be in charge. Some of us come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and God rescues us, but some, some will go to their grave and spend eternity separated from Jesus Christ because they suppress that truth and don't repent and come to Jesus. But the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things. I am sorry that I have made them. But look at verse five, I mean, verse eight. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found favor, your Bible might say, with God. There was something about Noah, right? Even though we learn later on Noah sinned, we're going to talk about that later on in a couple of verses too. So Noah was not perfect, right? Noah was not our savior, right? But somehow, somehow Noah found favor with God. Now it had never rained on the earth before and God said, "Noah, build a ark." He said, "What's that?" Right? That's what you and I would have said. God said, "It's going to rain." Noah said, "What's that?" No, he didn't. It hadn't rained on the earth. God said, "Build this big structure. I'm going to do something that you've never seen before." And for over 100 years, Noah and his family, I mean Noah, Noah faithfully obeyed the Lord, but prior to all of that, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. God bestows his grace on whom God will bestow his grace. And I think that's very important. But so one man's sin impacted the world greatly. Noah finds favor in the eyes of the Lord, and we see that God is doing something here. But while we're still talking about one man's sin, um, um, turn to 1 Corinthians, if chapter 15 and if you don't want to that's fine because i'm going to read it but in verses 20 through 26 paul is talking to another group of christians Now i tell you i've told you before these corinthians they were kind of wild they were kind of like us here on green mount avenue um um, god had to deal with them the corinthian church they were doing all kinds of wild stuff out there right but listen to what god uh some people were saying that jesus was not resurrected or raised from the dead And so they were bringing this false teaching into the church. So Paul says this But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep or who have died. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. Amen. For as in Adam, all die. If we stay in Adam, and we never come to Jesus Christ, we won't just experience death in this short life, but we will live. We will be live an eternal death or an eternal separation from God in a place called hell. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits. And after that, those who are Christ's at his coming. So followers of Jesus Christ, this is what you and I have to look forward to. That even though in Adam we will die, that in Christ Jesus, we will be raised up on that last day. When Christ comes back for his church, he will not come as a suffering servant this time. He will come as a conquering king. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Amen. So... He says, then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to the God and Father when he has abolished all rule and authority and power for he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. Verse 26. And we'll come back to this in a moment. The last enemy that will be abolished is death. Amen. So we see this. So now we have the impact of one man. Um, But we also see God's grace being bestowed on another man. And then we look in 1 Corinthians chapter 20 where this whole topic comes up again and God's people need to hear about the man Adam and another man, capital M, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is... was when he came and still is all God and all man. It's something we've talked about here at Graffiti before. But Jesus, all God, all man. But we do hear something here that should concern us. It says that um, death, nevertheless, verse 14, death reigned from those who had not sinned in the likeness of the fe- Death was the final, death reigned. So he's talking about the period of time between Adam and Eve and when the Ten Commandments came, when the law came, right? And Paul talks about that a lot also. But death is a bad thing. Physical death. Um, I talked to someone this week who lost a family member a couple of months ago and hadn't, haven't seen her since then. And she's grieving the loss of her, of, of her loved one. And she's not coming out the house and, 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 and she is praying and she's reading the word, but she's, she's grieving that loss. And a friend this week, he loves Jesus. He's starting churches all over the world. He teaches others how to start churches. He loves his family, he has five kids. All, I mean, this guy just loves the Lord. He's impacted Washington, D.C. for Jesus Christ. He's impacted Baltimore for Jesus Christ. He's flying back from some meetings in Atlanta Thursday night, he's flying back um, from Atlanta some meetings about you know, others coming to know Christ, and he dies in a plane crash. So, so death, death is coming, death happens. So remember, I said the first half of this is not a pretty picture, right? My friend who loved Jesus, he's, he's, he's in the presence of the Lord now forever, amen? His family is grieving a horrible and sudden unexpected loss. Death is not pleasant, death is not good, and yet, if we all stick around long enough, guess what's gonna happen? We're all gonna experience the death, this, this, the, the death of this mortal body. But remember, the gift is coming, amen? So my friend, and actually, my friend died this week. And um, you know what? He impacted thousands of lives all over the world for Jesus. But uh, in this time, so, so death, Death reigned, um, the Bible says here in verse 14. So we see the principle and practice of sin. And next we see something else. And this is where I got a little ahead of myself here. We said, who is my type? Who is my type? I've been married for 37 years, I know who my type is, right? No, that's not what the Bible's talking about here. Do you know who your type is? So, so young people, you guys, you know, you might be trying to figure that out, right? Right? Well, God will help you figure that out in his word, but that's not what we're talking about today. It says here, um, it says here in the word of God that um, who, in verse 14, who is a type of him who was to come. In other words, um, this idea of foreshadowing in the Bible. So, throughout the, entire course of human history, the world is looking for a savior. The world, this is the part I want us to get. So in the Bible, we have Adam and Eve, right? Is Adam gonna be our savior? Oh, guess what, in order to be a savior, you have to be perfect and sinless. Adam messed up, check him off the list, right? Hey, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was saved, he had a relationship with God, he got got his family on the boat, survived the flood, obeyed God, but oh, Adam messed, I mean, Noah messed up. He sinned too. Cross Noah off the list, alright? Man, we got some, got some messed up people here, right? Even though they love God. How about Abraham? Abraham, right? It says, um, Abraham found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Abraham exercised his faith. He was justified by his faith, we learn. But Abraham liked to tell some fibs, right? Abraham told a couple lies because it was convenient. And uh, so we know, oh, Abraham off the list, We could continue to do this, right? Moses was God's man, right? Moses got the Ten Commandments. He went up on the mountain. He was faithful to God. But Moses got mad. Moses got mad and took his stick and hit that rock. Of course, he killed an Egyptian, too, in anger. So Moses, oh, not the Savior. So what we see throughout the course of... Of, the, of, of human history is that the world needs a savior. The world is looking for a savior. And we have this idea of foreshadowing or a type. So Adam was created, Adam and Eve were created in the image of God. They were created in God's likeness. So are you, so am I. You are a beautiful creation of God. You are made in the image of the God who loves you. He God loves his creation and yet here we're all messed up looking for a savior right so who is my type um and that's what the bible's talking about here is this foreshadowing um adam was a type moses was a type um but guess what they all fell short so we know that they are not our savior matter of fact the jews would respond to jesus sometimes in the new testament and say we have abraham as our father And Jesus says, see where that gets you. I don't think he said it quite like that. but Because they thought of Abraham as their father, but they would not worship Jesus as God. They missed many of the Jews in the Bible, especially the religious leaders. They missed Jesus altogether. So who is my type? That's what the Bible is talking. You say, why is that so important? Because it's part of the gospel message here. Sin, uh, left unattended, brings physical death and spiritual death. Who can save me? Guess what, I cannot save myself nor can you. Your The good works you do all of your life will not get you into heaven. I know some good people out here that don't believe in Jesus. They tell me. I'm part of a community organization here and one of the nicest guys on the group, he loves Baltimore, he loves Midway, he serves the community, he's an honest man. Um, He even likes what we do here at Graffiti, but he doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe in Jesus. He's a good man doing good things, but he needs Jesus. Why do I say all of that? Because sin impacts our world, and sin will bring death. And apart from Jesus Christ, you and I cannot save ourselves. Coming to church won't save you. Helping out the community. Lots of people say that to me. Pastor, I want to help the community. I say, You want to help the community come to church? Let's get you some Jesus and then we'll help the community, then we'll help the community together. Because our community, I don't know if y'all see P.M. Smith, the pastor at Uber Memorial Church on the news on Fox 45. He don't play. He will tell the entire city on the news. Your kids, your parents need to give your kids a good whooping. But then he also says, We can do all of this stuff. But if our city doesn't get right with God, the violence is not gonna stop. If, if someone carrying a gun, murdering people, and shooting up our city comes to know Jesus Christ for real, they're gonna stop. Amen. They're gonna put the gun down. Amen. Police can lock you up, right? We, people can go to jail, the law has to be executed, but when people come to know Jesus Christ, towns will change, communities will change, our city will change. So then here in verses 15 through 17, I told you the story was gonna get better. But the free gift, a lot of times we shy away from that. The free gift is not like the transgression. So the free gift is not like the sin. For if by the transgression of the one many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Here's a word you're going to hear, much, abound, abundant. Jesus never just gives you you, enough. He never just gives you a little bit. He never just gives you, Jesus gives you abundantly more than what you need for salvation. Jesus, look, he just dumps out the whole bucket on us. You see it in the verse, much more, abound. In the next verse, abundant. Jesus Christ, God poured out abundant grace on us through Jesus Christ. So there is this free gift. Say, so, Pastor, what do you mean by free? Well, again, I got ahead of myself. I already told you, right, that we can't, we can't earn this gift. If I, if I had given a couple of you the $100 bills... Um, the hundred dollar bills I had upstairs, right? And then I said, and you were all excited because I gave you a free gift. And then when you were getting ready to leave, I said, oh, by the way, uh, work tomorrow starts at 8 a.m. Wear some work clothes, wear some dirty clothes, because we're gonna do, you know, put your boots on. Is that a gift anymore? No. Why? Because if you work, you earned it, right? Right. If you come to work. If I give you a gift, then, well, and I'm a liar too, right? Because it's no longer a gift. If you come to work, you're earning that, and someone owes you a check if you work, right? So what does the Bible say? In Ephesians, um, in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you say, Pastor, we know these verses. And I say, yes, but remember, if you already have this gift, I'm going to challenge you to do the same thing I'm going to do this week and share this gift with someone else. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one can boast. If I could do it myself, don't you know, I would get up there someday when I die, poke my chest out and say, let me in. Because why? Because I earned it, right? No, it's a free gift, and the only way, the only way we will be right with God for eternity is by humbling ourselves, confessing our sins, and accepting a free gift. I have realized something about myself that's not very attractive, um, and you say, oh, pastor, which one? Um, so, so I like to give gifts. I get excited, I like to give people gifts, I like to do stuff, nice stuff for people, but you know what? I'm a little more, I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable a lot of the time when people give me a gift. There's something about, I'd rather give the gift than receive the gift. And we think that's, oh, you're a good, man. no, I'm not. Um, I, I'm, I, it's not because I'm nice and it's not because I'm good. It might be because I'm controlling. It might be because I like to be in charge of what the gift is and who gets the gift and who gives it might be because I'm a sinner I don't know but and it might not be even be so serious as I'm making it out but but this is a free gift and sometimes we do we humble ourselves when we receive a gift don't we sometimes people have giving me gifts and caught me off guard and I'm like real uncomfortable and you know what the Holy Spirit sometimes will speak to me, and my dad cracks me and My dad says, I will receive that gift. So, But, but I need to learn to do that, amen? Because you see, sometimes if, I, if you can work for it and you can earn it, then, and, and some of us don't like to feel we owe somebody something, right? Sometimes when someone gives you a gift, you might even, and it's not their fault, you might even feel like you owe them something, right? But you don't but you don't so so this idea of receiving this gift from Jesus means that I'm really I'm saying I can't do this I need you Jesus see sometimes we want to be in charge we don't want to say I need somebody sometimes that's a challenge for some of us Jesus I need you see it's easier to say I'm gonna do some good things watch it here's what people say to me a lot here in Baltimore pastor I'm gonna get myself together and come to church don't say that to me, y'all, because because if you do, I'm going to say, bring you your whole mess and just come to church. Bring you your mess and your family's mess and your children's mess and your cousin's mess. Bring all y'all's mess and just come to church because we're all messed up. Amen? So so be ready to receive the gift. And we need to be thoughtful how we share it as well. Amen? But, that's a, but that was free. Okay, so so we have this free gift we're here in romans chapter 5 we're in the good part right and this is how jesus does stuff upside down that's what we talk about upside down ministry here at east baltimore graffiti church one sin cost all of mankind death because of adam right well we could blame him for now but then jesus christ comes and all of the sin of the all of the sins of all of the people can be forgiven because of Jesus Christ. So Jesus comes, and there's the opportunity for all of the sin in the world to be forgiven. Not, not everyone in the world is coming into Christ, amen, right? Um, they don't. It's sad. It's a difficult part of the reality of sin and mankind. But, but it's this upside down way that Jesus does things. So we get this abundance of grace, this opportunity, this free gift that changes our lives forever it changes our eternity so um selena's looking at the slides and she said where in the world is he you cannot earn a gift is that behind us now are we on? okay the gift is different right the gift is different than the transgression that's what I'm talking about now. Uh, that's what I'm talking about now uh, in verse 16. The gift is different from the transgression. It's not like, watch this. I didn't realize I didn't really give this thought in my small brain. The gift, the verse says it very specifically. The gift is not like the sin. One sin costed mankind an eternity separated from God. Right? The gift is an opportunity for all of mankind to be saved from all of their sins so the gift is better is not like the sin the gift the verse says is not like the one through whom it comes we just spent about 10 or 11 minutes i probably spent too long talking about the fact that in order to be a savior one has to be perfect one has to be eternal one has to be in charge of the world in which the people live uh, that he is saving only god can do that so, so the gift is not like the one through whom it comes. So sin came through Adam. That's what Adam gave us in his humanity, right? The principle of sin. You and I take it and run from there, right? We each one practice our own sin, right? So the gift is different. It's not like the sin and it's not like the one through whom it comes. We already read 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 26, and I won't go back there. And then number three here, when we're talking about the gift, the gift is grace. It is the grace of God extended to you and me through the death, burial, and resurrection, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That is the gift. The gift is God's grace. I like mercy too. Grace is, uh, grace is I'm going to bless you far and away above anything you ever could have imagined. God is gracious towards you and I. Now, this verse doesn't talk about mercy, um, but I like to talk about mercy because mercy is I'm not getting what I really deserve. Mm. Separated, apart from Jesus Christ, I deserve death and hell. Uh, That's what I deserve, apart from Jesus Christ. So God, in his mercy, didn't give me what I really deserve. He gave me grace instead. He gave me the free gift. He gave me Jesus Christ, amen? So, again, the gift is grace, but it comes with another gift. And you know what, it's easy to just read over this passage and because we are so familiar with it, um, but if you look, well, I need to slow down because I didn't put it next to, uh, I didn't put it next to my point on the slide. So I'm gonna slow down for one second. Yes, um, verse 16. No, 17. Sorry guys, apologize for that. He says, for if by the transgression of the wand, death reigned through the wand, much more those who receive the abundance of grace, remember, not a little bit of grace, a whole bunch, and of the gift of righteousness. There is a gift that comes along with this grace and that is righteousness. I have shared this with you before. God literally shares with you because of Jesus. The literal righteousness of Jesus Christ is being shared with you if you are a believer. That's what that verse means. Now, I'm gonna be careful and go back one page in case you say that sounds crazy, to Romans three nineteen and 20. Romans 3, 19 and 20. Now we know that whatever the law says, By the way, remember, Moses' Ten Commandments, the law. You know what the law's job is? The law's job is just to identify sin. The law is not a bad thing, right? Um, Sometimes we, we think it is, but the law identifies sin. Therefore, I know what is sin in my life. Amen? So, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But, um, but for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption, which is in Christ Jesus Now, I don't want to um, continue there, but so this salvation, we are made right with God, righteousness being made right with God, and God literally shares his righteousness with you. God sees you, follower of Jesus, he sees you through. It's like God's in heaven and we're down here, right? He sees you through Jesus Christ. You possess the righteousness of Jesus Christ because of your salvation. I haven't lost my mind that is part of the abundance of grace so it comes with another gift that righteousness the bible just told us it comes directly from jesus we just said that it comes directly from jesus the result is your righteousness and i already said i already said the law causes us to recognize both sin and grace if i didn't recognize sin how then could I recognize the grace of God? Maybe I'm a little slow, but some of this was very exciting to me this week, these familiar passages, right? So so we also see here, um, if I were to continue, um, if I were to continue, um, in verse 17, it says, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Christ. You, as a follower of Jesus, will rule and reign with Christ into eternity because of Jesus, because of this free gift that we must humble ourselves, confess our sins in order to receive, this gift that we cannot earn. And if I were to continue even further Um, Verse 18 does tell us, So then, as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. So now there's another. We've got grace. We've got righteousness. We have justification. Romans 5.1, on the left side of my page, right next to where we are, Therefore, having been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified, and I tell you guys all the time, maybe I should have been a lawyer or maybe I just wanna be on TV, I don't know. But you go up and stand in front of the judge, I know I'm guilty, I know I did it, I have to go to court or they're gonna come get me anyway. And all of a sudden the judge looks around, looks at me and says, "Um, you're free to go, Mr. Brown. The court has justified you. You can go home. Look, I already rented my house out, sold my car. I was going to jail, right? (laughs) Rented my house out, sold my car, right? No. Why? Because a judge has the ability to do that. He is the one who justifies. You and I did not deserve our justification. We get it because Jesus Christ loves us so much. That's justification. As a matter of fact, I was supposed to define grace for you better in verse 2 of chapter 5. He says, Through whom, that's Jesus, also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Once you receive the free gift of the grace and salvation of Jesus Christ, you are, that's in That's in the present active tense in the Greek language. And I'm not showing off. It's important that you are now standing, if you're a Christian, you are now standing in the grace of God and you will continue to stand in the grace of God into the future. Amen. Amen. So this grace, this free gift, you're standing in it right now, follower of Jesus, and you will be in it for all of eternity. That's what that present active sense means That when a verb is that way it's happening now and it will continue to happen into the future that is how this grace works in which you now stand and he even says and we exalt in hope of the glory of God amen now lastly and you said if he says lastly more than once I'm leaving but no lastly number four here grace wins Jesus wins you win And that's what's taking place in verses 18 through 21. Um, and, And I know Anthony didn't read it in the beginning as part of our passage, but look at verse 21, because I didn't ask him to read those verses. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We got it now, right? We're putting the bow on the package that you saw in the first slide, right? And now, we're going to bring it home in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, First Corinthians chapter 15. Look, y'all, I got too fired up at a funeral one time, right? Like Like, you know, people die, they're grieving, right? And I'm getting into this 1 Corinthians chapter 15, right? And I want somebody to come to know Jesus. Oh, at one time, one time someone got saved at a funeral. I had a teenager got saved at a funeral because got, Jesus got us a little fired up. So, but listen, verse 55 of 1 Corinthians 15. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? He gives us the victory over sin now and the victory over death throughout eternity. Amen? Now look, there's one more verse, and I just can't help myself right here. At the end. therefore, my, as a result of that, my uh, brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your work is not in vain in the Lord. Guys, listen. That's what I said, that grace wins, Jesus wins, and you win. Listen, so words like grace and righteousness and justification and the law and and the principle and practice of sin, these aren't just theological things we believe. They are the reality that makes up our need for Jesus and that makes up the... the, the yeah, use your words, Charlie. The the plan of salvation, and how we know how to respond to God's love. So Romans chapter five, the free, and 12 through 21 there, the free gift. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and a friend of mine said it to me yesterday, he said, Charlie, just preach a gospel, you know? My pastor said to me this morning, I was listening to him preach, and he texted me this morning before he preached at the early, his early service, and and he said, Charlie. He said, just just love your people and preach today. I said, Wow, man! I had a lot of that was very encouraging to me. Oh, as a matter of fact, um, sharing a message with you from my pastor is very brief. This one's free. He said to me this morning, a true and faithful Christian does not make holy living an accidental thing. It is his greatest concern. As the business of the soldier is to fight, so the business of the cre- Christian is to be like Christ. Jonathan Edwards. Listen, friends, if you have the free gift and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, my challenge to you and my challenge to me, share that with someone this week. Sit down, uh, buy someone a cup of coffee, tell them you want to just have a conversation with them because you care about them. But look, if you're hearing a message today and you say, Pastor, I don't, I I don't know if I'm right with Jesus, uh, but I want to be. Let's have that conversation. Morgan's going to come and lead us in worship. Morgan's going to come and lead us in some worship.